All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in a Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go. Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Be sure to use our promo code Hockey Season, all one word, capital H, capital S. I mean, it's not all one word. It's two words. Yeah, you know, that's actually, well, you're typing it as one word. So, yes, it is all one word. So it's our own created word, Hockey Season, now one word. Hockey Season. Yeah. Hockey Season, all one word, but a capital H, capital S in there. That'll get you $5 off your order and free shipping. On all orders, over $50 from Sycamus nice. to West Saskatchewan. No, another S. We need another S. From Sycamus Scarborough. to Scarborough. That's a good one. There That's we go. That's a tough one to pronounce, but I think we both just nailed it. Scarborough? Scarborough. And Sycamus. A couple of good names. I, I've heard someone say it's Scarborough. That's a Toronto guy, though. Yeah? Guaranteed, yeah. Okay. The way they talk over there, so, you know what's... <laughs> Man, I got a friend who like I grew up with. His name's Chris. Great guy. Listener of the show. Always, uh, always message the first person to message me after something like great happens, like the Sportsnet show and stuff like that. He moved over to Toronto. 
he came back and he talked so different. Really? Yeah. What just was like, the difference? He said mint all the time. Like everything was oh. mint. Oh. And then there was something else that he said. I was, I I was now. my dumbass. I'm listening for how you're saying mint. I was like, did he just say mint incorrectly? Like, no, I was like just, it sounded right to me. <laughs> just all the time. And there's some other words he said. Anyways, we're also delivered by the folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD. That's also one word. CONVODD, capital C, capital D's. I'll get you 25% off your first order uh, and free shipping as well. I, I don't do free that. delivery. We've been over this delivery. Um, well, you know what? That's what I was just about to say. I nailed the intro. I don't obviously. I don't uh, do it often. You did great. But uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're uh, we're we're gonna record this episode. By the way, we might as well let people know in a little bit of a, a little split squad formation here. We're gonna yeah. go with uh, a pregame show as we're as we're kind of going into the Canucks playing against the Philadelphia Flyers today. Then we're going to wrap it up on the other end. We're gonna be at home, so the audio is gonna yeah, sound a little gonna different. Be very different. Yeah. Yeah. You hate. You hate my mic for some reason really bad when I'm at home. Well, it just it sounds jarring when you're listening to these mics that we usually record on and then it switches. Like in the in the commercial, the the ad break in all our episodes, it uh it sounds a little jarring cuz it's this different I, mic. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, maybe I haven't heard anybody say anything bad. It's not bad anything about it. bad. It's not it's not a bad thing. It's just like I, I don't like when audio switches like that. But yeah. it's going to tonight and we're okay with that. Yeah, it's just one time here. You know, it's we a little bit of hard. a it's raining so hard. Yeah. Well, and just the way the game's kind of the time. It's a weird time. A 4 a yeah. 4 p.m. Friday. I bet they don't have many of 4 p.m. Friday starts all season long. But we'll get to a, a nice little wrap up after the game. But going into it, there were some interesting lines from practice this morning. And I, you know, going into the game, Vasily Pod Colson moving up to play with JT Miller and Elias Pettersson. Yeah, I'm jacked up for that. But first, I want to bring something else up completely off topic. That's not hockey related at all. Have you ever had bread pudding before? No. Man, neither have I, but my mom brought me two bread puddings, a dessert one, and then like a, a savory one. The savory ones, you know, stuffed with all these meats. It's it's very like creamy and eggy, and I haven't even tried the dessert one yet, but the savory bread pudding was excellent. It surprised me kind of like for you, like you don't even know what it is. I can see you Googling it over there, but it's yeah. sort of like a casserole, but it's something to do with day old bread or something is what you use on there. And she made a bunch because she got all this bread for some reason. Oh, sent me with a savory Dude, bread pudding. It's delicious. Air, air fryer donut bread pudding. So you use donuts instead of bread, I guess. No, you use regular bread. You just use icing sugar. There's oh. no donuts okay, well, in this. I haven't even tried the dessert ones that she made yet, but the ones that she made, there's bacon in there. There's sausage in there. It's like some sort of cheese and creamy. I tell you, I don't know. Like, is bread pudding, is that a English it that, has to be. It has it to absolutely be. has to be. I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to look it up. We'll get Anna. Anna will chime in. She'll let us know if we're right or wrong here. Yeah, exactly. She's not afraid. Anna, Anna was correcting us a lot. <laughs> Wait, way she goes. Um, oh, yeah. England since the 13th century. You just knew it. You absolutely knew it. Had to be. And that's the thing. It shocked me. It was pretty damn good. I've had... Uh, had like I picked a little bit out and I was like, okay, I'll just try a little bit. So I microwaved a tiny bit because that's I've learned my lesson at my tender age of whatever, however old I am in late 20s. I always forget. I'm 27 or 28. What year is it? Nine, 2000. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's I started with 19. So that's not a good start. <laughs> I'm 20, 28, I think. Nice. Uh, but anyways, in my in my tender age, I've learned that, you know, sometimes you just want to have a little taster piece. So I had a small plate. And I had like two bites and I was like, oh, God. Like, this stuff's really good. So I ended up having, like, three huge pieces of bread pudding, which was excellent. First time I've ever had it. And it's it was like it was a des- like a dinner version. I'm, the dessert one has to be amazing if the, the sausage and bacon and egg one was that good. So I'm yeah. excited. I bread to pudding mix. I'm what's, very excited to try that. What's uh, what's your air fryer game been like lately? I know that's your go-to. Made that, fries well, you're, last you're night. big on the like you love the air fryer at the start, but you're all on the you're on the grill hard lately. From I, what I've I seen, I grill a lot. Yeah, I really do. The Foreman grill too, not like a yeah. real grill. Yeah, the Foreman grill. It's fantastic, man. I just, dude, I like close the lid, don't flip anything, and it's like perfect every single time. It's I wonder how like that's going to be code. as you as you develop into a dad that needs to be able to barbecue. I wonder if oh, the yeah. foreman girl's gonna hurt you for that. Because you gotta, yeah, you gotta get the timing down on the grill. Whatever, it's so easy. Look at the. Uh, that sounds it's so not mean. easy. I was gonna say, look at some of the guys who are good at grilling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't I know you're about to bring? Don't bring up Guy Fieri here. 
I wasn't gonna bring him up, but uh, that's yeah. one of my favorite. Like I love uh, I love diners, drives, and dives. But the one where a guy's in his kitchen. Have you ever seen that show? Guy's backyard kitchen grill or something? No. The dude has the craziest backyard. Of course he does. Obviously he's Guy Fieri. Okay. And I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong. It's like Yeti. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna do the freaking Riccio drop on that. <laughs> you should have heard him yesterday on Sportsnet. I heard with Aquilini. No, he. I was on there talking about the show. They because I was producing the yeah, show yeah. yesterday, and they every time he said your stupid name, he said it with a stupid accent on it. Hell yeah, Quadrelli or whatever he's Hell whatever yes, he's saying. Riccio. Yeah, but it was it was stupid. I go like, back and listen to that. Like David Quadrelli, <laughs> he's like mixing it up every single time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we oh, we launched man. the show tomorrow. I'm gonna be excited for that. But hey. yeah, so by the time people are listening to this, we're gonna be either hours away from debuting on Sportsnet 650 with the warm up with Faber and Quads. Or it'll already have happened, and they'll be listening to an older podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting how that works. We don't want to change our Saturday podcast for people no. that just like the like not not everyone's gonna be able to tune into the radio show, and not everyone listens to the podcast. So I think we're adding more people yeah. with the radio show. Like not more. I think we get more here to further, be further honest. reach. <laughs> yeah, I think we get more on the podcast, but we're gonna get like a different crowd of people on the radio, which is gonna be really cool, and a big pregame tomorrow. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But hey, back to what I talked before I went on the bread pudding talk here. Vasily Podkolzin moving up with Pedersen and JT Miller. I freaking love it. I love to see it. I think the thing about Podkolzin that's different for me from Chase on is at least Podkolzin has the potential to play really well with top end players at five on five. To me, Chase on doesn't have that. He doesn't have that five on five that you would like to see even the potential to do it in the future. Vasily Podkolzin's skills translate to a top six. The things that he does well, they translate to a top six. He's going to get an opportunity to play with two really good shooters. I think we're going to see some some really nice plays, hopefully set up by Podkolzin here. He's going to get tougher matchups, which is going to be something to kind of keep an eye on tonight as well. We'll touch on that, obviously, in the post game. But to see him get his playmaking now, be able to shine with two of the best shooters on the Vancouver Canucks, this is basically the best spot Vasily Podkolzin could be in. And I'm, I'm wondering, Quaz, does it kind of shock you a little bit that we're seeing this in game two. Like this is something where it was like, he'll work his way up to this point, but game two, Pod Golson and Pedersen, man. It surprises me, but there's one thing that I want to point out to people. And you know, this will probably be evident by the time after the game line rushes aren't indicative of ice time, right? Like we don't know, especially when just last game after, after the Edmonton game, Travis green was talking to us and saying that, Niels Hoaglander has so much energy and I'd like to use him in kind of a plug and play scenario. Like that's how he wants to utilize Niels Hoaglander. So yes, Hoaglander is going to start on a different line, but we saw him skate with every forward line at various points, trying to get a jump start in their game. And you know, that's something when you have an energy guy like Hoaglander, that's something that your team is able to do. So would I be surprised to see Pod Colson play maybe like less than five, ten minutes of ice, five on five ice time with Patterson and Miller? Not really, actually. I don't think I'd be that surprised by that because I think at uh, at some point we're going to see Niels Hoaglander jump back on that line to give them like a jump start, whether that means just Pod Colson misses a shift and Hoaglander's getting double shifted. Um, I'm not sure just yet, but. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pod Colson's ice time not quite reflect people doing victory laps that he's on the first line. Here's how I think it could be the opposite of that. Because that there's a back-to-back and that you're playing the next night, I think this is the type of scenario where you can give Pod Colson a full game. Like, this is where you can give him a run. And even if they're losing, maybe you stick with it. If you're really, really needing a goal late, maybe you move Huglander up there. But I think with a game on Saturday, on back-to-back games... This is the type of spot where you can give him a full game's run, no matter what happens, unless he's absolutely horrible, which I don't think it's going to happen. Like the thing that I'm so excited for Pod Colson here is to see the passes that he makes land on yeah. sticks of guys who know how to finish at the NHL level. Yeah, I was going to point that out as well is um, when we've seen Pod Colson look good, he's moving his feet and he's usually playing with better players. Like, do you remember that preseason game where? He wasn't in a fourth line role. He was with JT Miller and Connor Garland. Now I know that they were together earlier when Pod Colton wasn't looking good as well, but he really did look good in that game and really engaged. Feet were moving, really activated at all times. And I think that's what we're going to see tonight from Pod Colson. Again, game will have already happened by the time people are listening to this, so it may age very, very poorly. But honestly, I think when we talk about putting players in a position to succeed, especially young players, 
I think this is the best chance Pod Colson's going to have to succeed on the Vancouver Canucks. There's no better situation you could make for Vasily Pod Colson than this, right? Like, think about any other line mates you could have on the whole Canucks roster. This is the best spot for him to succeed because he's going to be playing with two guys who can finish. And if Pod Colson's going to score and he's going to put up points, it's going to be from assists, right? Like, he's going to get his when he gets his goals eventually here, but... It's going to early on in his career. I think a lot of it's going to come from assists and playing with two guys who really know how to finish the probably the two, you know, Brock Besser, obviously in the mix as well, but two of the best shooters on this team two of the best shooters in the league. I mean, in the top 100, I'd have to say for both those two. So to see what Pod Coles is going to do, I'm excited for it. I mean, obviously, but the guy following Pod Coles for all this time, I, I didn't think we'd be seeing this as early as game two, especially with Niels Hugleiner. Maybe we can unpack that a little bit more him not getting that opportunity after having such a good game in the opener. And we'll get to the opener in just a little bit here, but that was surprising to me that Huglander wasn't going to go up and play with Miller and Pedersen on that line. And you're right. Maybe it'll happen in the game. Maybe that's all we'll be talking about in the post game is how good that trio was together once they moved Bob Colson away from it. But I found it pretty interesting that, Travis Green would give a guy like Pod Colson, who has literally just played one career NHL game, give him that opportunity over a guy like Huglander, who really earned Travis Green's trust last year. I'm not too surprised, again, for the same reason that I just said, that I think there, it's going to get shuffled around if it's not working, right? But you also have to remember, like, you know, I we were just talking about it, is the way that Hoaglander is going to be used is in that plug-and-play uh, role. So... I don't read too much to where he's starting the game. I think he's going to be a big minute muncher at five on five for the Canucks. Like I think there's going to be a time in this game when Hoaglander's double shifted. And then Pod Colson's just missing shifts? Potentially, or or it's someone else. The last guy I want to bring up, yeah, like Highmore's the interesting one here rounding out of the top nine too, right? I'm I'm a little surprised to see Matthew Highmore's name come up and look like he's playing with Dickinson and Garland. I just I don't know. Seeing Highmore the, you know, not on a fourth line is something that uh, I thought that there was better players that were sent down to the Abbotsford Canucks. I think Phil DiGiuseppe is a better option in yes. the top nine. Heck, like I'm not even the biggest fan of Nick Patan, but if you need him in a pinch while Besser's gone, I think Nick Patan might be a better option if you want to create some offense. But maybe that line's just not looking to create offense, right? I mean, obviously, you're always trying to score goals, but when you have Jason Dickinson as your center... And then you have Highmore on the wing, but then at the same time you have Huglander, like right there, who's you know put up two points in the first game. You're putting him on that defensive line, so I'm I'm a little taken back, I guess, from what that third line really wants to be. Like, what's the identity of a line that has Highmore, Dickinson, and Huglander on it? Yeah, exactly. You're right. Like, it doesn't really have one, especially and like Matthew Highmore is kind of the one that stands out there because well, big time <laughs> Dickinson is you know the defensive center. Um, you hope that the two-way game starts to be there a bit more if he's playing with a guy like Nils Hoaglander. So like that's a line that, again, is facing weaker matchups and you're hoping can just kind of chip in every once in a while. I think that's the identity. But when you add Matthew Highmore there, like that's not really what that line's going to be doing. Yeah. I, like I said, not really an identity on that third line, which is... We'll see what happens. Obviously, that kind of opens up the door for Hoaglander to be bounced around the lineup, whether it's moving up and potentially playing with Pearson and Horvat. A lot of things you can do, and that's the thing we've talked about a lot in the offseason and the preseason. It's just the versatility. So to see that already on display in Game 2, I, I hope that in the second half of this episode we're talking about a good day from Pod Colson. But one guy that we have to talk about having a good day, probably the best day since he signed with the Vancouver Canucks on a oh, yeah. massive deal, your man, Tyler Myers, is now the top. We thought we said, what did I say last week? Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman of all time. Yep. Quads has Tyler Myers become the best Canucks defenseman of all time after that massive Absolutely. hit on Duncan Keith. No doubt in my mind. Also, can I just say it's the, so disappointing that Tyler Myers isn't leaning into this like at the, oh. at the availability today. Um, well, not only not really all his fault either. There was some technical difficulties yeah, for yeah, PR yeah. today. Holy cow. Yeah, that was tough, but uh he didn't lean into it. Like he was getting asked like, Oh, like, are you aware of the history? He goes, ah, I know there's some history there. I don't know what year it was. I don't really know what happened. I'm like, Oh man, like, come on. Even just like how he said, like it could have been anybody. If he would have said like, but it was nice that it was him. Fan base would have gone nuts. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's got the fan base wrapped around his finger. Right right now now he can do whatever he wants. Absolutely. Well, the funniest thing is, is he's talking about it. And he said, he's like, 
yeah, I was just uh, I was just trying to pinch, go get the puck. And it was like, why? Like, that wasn't <laughs> your job. You're not F1 on the four check here. Um, but everybody just kind of looked past it because he's like, yeah. And then I made a split second decision because I realized he was getting to the puck first. So I went to hit him. It's like, all right, I guess if people can look past you for checking like that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that actually. No, I just thought about the hit. Completely yeah, well, forgot. That's that he what he was... said. He's like, he's like, oh, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to get to the puck first, and it was like in the corner, and I was like, oh, interesting. Hey, Tyler Myers going Tyler Myers, man. Yeah, it was uh... nobody's talking about it though. Nobody's nobody, and rightfully so. Nobody should be pointing out that he was out of position. He, yeah. If he wasn't out of position, that hit doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, the fan base loved it. Obviously, seeing Canucks Twitter come alive in Game One, like, what? you know, it's so nice to have Canucks Twitter back to regular season form and to see them get into it in game one the yeah. videos going around the pictures going around the just the overall love the fan cams for tyler myers the in tyler that spot myers fan cams. i just you didn't what it like i don't what's the opposite of a heel turn is it a face turn is that face what they call turn, it so what a face turn for tyler myers who you know has <laughs> been taking it for a long time yeah, he's here. been the whipping boy for a while but, but everybody loves him now you know what it would be this would be of your best interest quads as a guy who supports Tyler Myers since the day he was signed since the day he hit six foot five, you've been in love with him, which was probably when he was like 14 and now it's off to a great start for him. Basically the best start possible for him in the season, uh, the 2021 22 season. I mean, yeah, hopefully he can follow it up, you know, game two and do certain things. And I think not only the hit was big, but for him to drop the gloves ragged all around the guy. I mean, I yep. think that does, it doesn't send a massive message. And obviously, you know, from watching one game, we're going to have some sort of takes that sound like a little bit of an overreaction, but you still have to give praise for something that you would like to see him do more. And the fact that he did it in game one, I know it's a small sample size, but it's all the sample size we have from the season so far. And it's a good start. You also have to praise the OEL Myers pairing, which played pretty well. And they played well in the preseason, man. I'm just saying OEL, Looking real nice. Looking very nice, I yep. must say. And, no, I, uh, I agree with you. I think that OEL has looked better than a lot of people expected. Yeah, you know totally. why? Because not every player is just a J-Fresh card. <laughs> you know, you can be a good hockey player and have a bad J-Fresh card. Said that like you were French. A good hockey player. Well, you know, I'm There's getting no ready. There. We got the draft. I've been practicing my yes, French. Yes, one in Montreal. Yeah, very fun. Sorry, continue. Well, that, like to go off of that pairing, I mean, yeah, I thought that OEL has been good. I think... That pairing still worries me quite a bit. There are some things that, you yeah. know, they... They will get exposed at they some have, point. They have the same deficiencies defensively. I think that's the thing that worries me yeah. the most is I think their defensive miscues are going to compound off each other. Those are some words that I don't think work together. That's okay. But it sounded sounded about right when it came out of my mouth. But their, their defensive problems are very similar. The things that they don't do well, they both are similar in that aspect. But also, like, the offensive things, moving the puck up the ice, making good passes... They're both pretty good at that, so maybe they can cover enough of their defensive problems from them. Also, OEL's defensive IQ is like through the roof, and it's on display all the time, and Myers definitely is. <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was interesting to go the route of playing Quinn Hughes and Tucker Pullen because I got I, I got to bring up Quinn Hughes' defensive play as we're on the defense here. Really good job matching up against McDavid and Dreisaitl. Just the, the way that he is so quick to attack the puck. Not the body, but the puck. Attack the puck really quickly when they're coming in on you and force them to either make a decision or just get the puck away from him. I mean, I I think of the, the play that he made on Connor McDavid where he went uh, crashing into the net behind Demko yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just made such a good play yeah. that kind of frustrated McDavid. He knocked the puck right off McDavid's stick as McDavid's doing one of those rushes that he does basically like 12 times a game. Exactly. And yep. he screwed up one of those, making good play and got pushed in them by McDavid. But you know, those are the things that a lot of the time last year, the bad plays that Quinn Hughes was, you know, that were on display when people talk about his bad defensive game. You know, when you're watching the NHL network and they're talking about Quinn Hughes not being good defensively, there's clip after clip after clip of him just moving, like missing the puck on plays like that. But really, really impressed with him in his preseason and his regular season debut, just how well he's attacking the puck and forcing guys into making quick decisions. He, when said, coming he down. said he worked on his defensive game a lot and I guess it answers the question, will Quinn Hughes ever recover from missing the first week of training camp and working with Brad Shaw, defensive expert? Brad Shaw, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, Brad Shaw only needs a couple days and he can change the defense. And that's what they say about Brad Shaw. He's the best ever, best ever walk. Oh, man. Best now, to look, ever do it. He told Tyler Myers, he said, that Duncan Keith guy over there, go get him. He yeah. said, I don't care what you do. 
Bradshaw is behind Tyler Myers laying out Duncan Keith. Did you see Donnie and Dolly? Donnie did the highlights of that game, and mm-hmm. he was like, on orders from Daniel Sedin, Tyler Myers. <laughs> oh, man, I was absolutely dying at that. Final thing I want to touch on with defense before I actually have something yes, on, excited. on Daniel Sedin, actually. Oh, I thought you were queuing up goalie talk. No, um, we'll get to that, too. Before, yeah, we'll get to that in the first half here, actually, too. Yeah. But the final thing about the defense, we've kind of gone through all the pairings here and not really mentioned the big surprise pairing. I don't think Jack Rathbone was the big surprise, but Slay the Dragon, Kyle Burroughs. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Burroughs, who today uh, threw a very chopped up question that had to go. It was like a game of telephone. So oh, today yeah. on, on the Canuck Zoom call, I don't know if it was live streamed, but I'm sure they won't care. I say this. Um, the Internet connection was very poor. So basically, we could hear the players um, and we could hear Canucks PR who were in Vancouver still. And... And they couldn't hear us. The players, oh, yeah. the players couldn't hear us. The players could hear. So we had Burroughs, Myers, and Green today. Yeah. Dranson and uh, Batch were there. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason, the players couldn't hear the, the reporters. Yeah. But they could hear Canucks PR. Yes. So today... So so PJ gets called to ask a question. And he asks Kyle Burroughs a great question. He was like, oh, like, what was it like growing up in Vancouver? Like, were you a Canucks fan? Like, do you gravitate more to the West Coast Express era? What do you remember from the 2011 run? And poor Victoria, who, like, is a great PR person, has to, like, play the play a game of telephone and re-ask this question to, uh, <laughs> to, to Kyle Burroughs. And Kyle Burroughs is just kind of sitting there, like, Oh, this is what's going on because <laughs> like Victoria asked the question is like, sorry, did I miss anything, PJ? And then to Kyle Burroughs, there's silence, but PJ started talking to Victoria, but Kyle couldn't hear that. So he just started answering the question because he's like, oh, I guess not. So he just started answering the question. But that's a really long winded way of, of me saying um, that Kyle Burroughs was a Canucks fan and uh, says he w- wore number seven because of Brendan Morrison. Didn't say 44 because of Bertuzzi, but he did say every time he's in the box and stepping out of the box, he thinks about Todd Bertuzzi and how cool it would be to get a breakaway goal out of the box. <laughs> that was awesome. So keep uh, your eye on that when he takes a minor penalty. I mean, just a great story for Kyle Burroughs. And I mean, obviously the story is great. I think that's something that we all we all love to see a local kid have success with the Vancouver Canucks, the team he grew up loving and the team that he's been a fan of for his whole life. But uh, let's talk about the stuff on ice because I thought he was really good with Jack Rathbone and something yeah. that he did talk about today, which we could understand because Drance was at the arena asking the question was <laughs> like, what do you what do you think when you're playing with a guy like Jack Rathbone? And he was, you know, he's given the same answer that we've heard from every single defense partner, except for Tyler Myers, <laughs> about when they play with Jack Rathbone, where it's like Jack Rathbone is an ultra skilled defenseman. We just want to let him move the puck as much as possible. The only person who hasn't said that is Tyler Myers. Whenever you ask Tyler Myers, what's it like to play with Jack Rathbone? He's like, hey, he's, you know, he's a young kid learning the league and everything. It's like, but everyone else who plays with him, who is actually like a depth defenseman who plays with Jack Rathbone, they all say the same thing. They're like, you just want to get Jack Rathbone moving the puck. Like he's a talented defenseman at moving the puck up ice. And I think Burroughs knows his part, right? Like he knows what he has to do to stay in the NHL. He has to be a sixth defenseman who can support Jack Rathbone and let Jack Rathbone do his things. And I thought there was like Burroughs isn't going to pinch a lot, but there was a couple occasions in the, in the season opener where he made really smart pinches when there was a lot of open ice on the right side, because Jack Rathbone does when he's when, when Rathbone's walking the line, he can draw two to two forwards on him to cover him because he's moving so much. Like this is why movement's so big in the game yeah. of hockey. And this is why I'd like to see Jack Rathbone on the power play more because like when you're moving and moving and still are dangerous while you're moving, you draw defenders and that's what Jack Rathbone does such a good job of. And that opened up a couple opportunities for Burroughs to step up and get good shots off. There was a couple occasions. I think only one of them hit the net, but he had two really good chances coming down the wing for a defenseman anyways, because of the work of Jack Rathbone. And if Burroughs can work well with Rathbone in that situation, you know, all the power to him. Good for the local kid. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Kyle Burroughs more foot speed than Luke Shen, right? And I think we were starting to see that in the preseason that, that, that Shen Rathbone pairing, it, it probably wasn't going to work. No. And the thing with, with Burroughs was like, we we all were pretty happy with the way Burroughs is played. We're like, wow, Burroughs is looking solid every time he's on the ice. Like, he didn't shock anyone. He wasn't unreal one game, but he was always, like, not bad. And I think that's kind of the thing that surprised me was he was, like, not bad enough to to not make the opening night lineup. Like, he was just fine throughout all of training camp, all of preseason, and then somehow just being fine has gotten him into the NHL lineup. But because it works 
with Jack Rathbone in game one. That's why he got in there. And I was impressed with the first game. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get into a little yes. bit of AHL talk because I, uh, I got to spend some time out there, chatted with a lot of players, chatted with the coaches. And the Abbotsford Canucks, they're getting going. We're going to have a lot more comments. To- or, oh, no. Oh, I messed it up no. already there. A lot more. Well, that's the th- I don't want to say we're going to have a lot more Canucks talk. Abby. Writing the articles, it's pissing me off. I just wrote a big article about the Abbotsford Canucks. And I have to write Abbotsford in front of every time I write Canucks. Because I feel yeah, like you do. I can't establish that they're the Canucks in the well, article. You can, you can just call them Abbotsford. I don't like that either. Okay. I called him Abby Nux a few times because that's oh just gosh. less letters. I I'm keep editing that for well, sure. Well, with the amount of articles I'm writing this month, I got to keep these fingers fresh. I got to <laughs> save the letters where I can. But three games in four days coming up, Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. And I want to ask about a goaltender. So quads, hit the stupid intro. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's uh, That's a big no-no. I don't know. You know, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America right and hit me in the head. We, I think we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right. Favor's going to be. Favor's going to be very pissed. So you know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. All right, we're back. We're bringing that intro to the radio show, by the way, too. A little with, bit of a with the Sportsnet voice guy, which makes yeah. it so much cooler. I actually should maybe. Well, I don't think I can just use the Sportsnet voice guy on the podcast, but yeah, it sounds good on the uh, on the radio on the little edit I made to it. Uh, so, Mikey DiPietro is what I want to ask about. Is there any chance in the world we hear about Mikey DiPietro wanting to play fifty plus games, sixty plus games? Is there any chance in the world in the AHL he plays three games in four nights? Do you think? No, you don't think so. Not I think when they that, have not when they have three goalies on the roster. I think there's an outside chance. There's if he no plays, way if he plays good enough on Saturday, which he will, which there, he will. What what if he gets a shutout or lets him one goal? Do they start him again? And then what if he does one if or he two? He gets that a shutout. Game? They start him again, and then there's no way he's getting back to back shutouts. Okay. Well, the but, thing also is it's not. It's only 22 hours from like the the start of the first game because the first game Saturday is at seven, Sunday at five. I don't know how much the couple hours affects everything, but it just feels like it might. People need to realize like Mike DiPietro is going to be the best goalie in the AHL this year. Like, damn, I don't even know all the other goalies in the AHL. You probably couldn't name three other goalies. No, I don't think I could. But Mike's going to be the best. Like, he's (laughs) going to be top of the league. I and guarantee it. You know what? I I talked to Cole on Wednesday about it before. Nashville has a pretty good goalie, don't they? In their farm system. Couldn't tell you. Okay. I don't know goalies in the AHL either. I just know Mikey DiPietro. So, yeah, he's, he's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> but Cole told me, like, they're really happy with how, as a coach, you always want to have good defensive game, obviously. And to have three goaltenders, like, he was really happy about what they have in camp there. Just the ability to to kind of have three goaltenders rotating through practice. You can have two of them working with Curtis Sanford on the end while the other goalie's working with the drills. And that's something that's so important for goaltenders, right? I mean, just to get that extra time with Sanford on the ice, Sanford's obviously been working. You know, I was watching the practice. He was with those two guys the whole time. He was with there, and they kind of just rotated the goalie through, doing a lot of drills with the injured and extra forward guys. So it was it was good. Like, they were able to have a really crisp two practices that I watched for the Outsford Canucks anyways. And... It's going to be big for them moving forward here. So, Mikey, you don't think he's going to get the three? I think there's an outside chance. Like, if they're if the organization is this gung ho about wanting to have this many starts for Di Pietro, would it be a huge message for him to have three really good starts to start the season? Because I don't think there's another game until later, late in the week, when they have the home opener in Abbotsford. I like, yeah, sure. I get what you're saying, but it's just the fact of the matter is you have three goaltenders there, one of which who you're still trying to develop in Archer Seelovs, right? Like, like, okay, here, here's how it's going to work in Utica. Oh my gosh. In Abbotsford. It's going to take a while. Don't. Yeah, but I don't usually do that. And you were making fun of me a second ago. See what I I did there? Make the mistake. Yeah. You see what I did? I didn't, I didn't even, you know, well, whatever quads. It's okay. I'll do a little pat on the back. Keep going. What do you do? You try and bury me, (laughs) stab me in the back. Yeah. Cause it's an embarrassing mistake to make. It's I not just that bad. can't believe I did it. We'll do it. Um, we'll do it more. I'm not going to do it more. That's the last time you heard it here first. This is how it's going to work in Abbotsford this year. If a goaltender goes down at the NHL level, um, Yarrow or Thatcher, it's going to be Mike that gets called up, right? Like that's, we know that, that he is the first 
first up on the depth chart. He's the third goalie on this team's depth, on this organization's depth chart. When that happens, Spencer Martin's going to be starting games because guess what? The Abbotsford Canucks still want to win games, and Spencer Martin gives them their best chance at doing that. They have to balance the development of Archer Seelovs at the same time, though. And with that in mind, when you have all three goaltenders healthy. I think we're going to see some. We're we're going to see each goaltender get in. I think we're going to see Seelovs get the second most starts. I don't think he's going to be uh, sitting in the press box all season long. I really think that the Canucks, as an organization, want to get Seelovs into some games as a goaltending stable, as Ian Clark likes to call it. He's still a wild horse. They want to get him into a purebred. That's what. Uh, that's what. Ian said. I think you're all out of horse talk now. You don't have any more words from the track. Uses uses a lot of horse uh horse metaphors. I've yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Um <laughs> so you think in the end Silos gets more games than Martin? Yeah, I do. Because Spencer Martin doesn't have well, his brother in law here anymore. It depends. Yeah, so what's the point? He doesn't even want to be here. No, yeah, he can't send Jonah to go <laughs> rough up Jim Benning or RJ. Um nobody can rough up RJ. Let's just be clear about that. RJ's like the most intense guy I've like ever seen. Yeah. Uses a stares into the whites of a player's to, eyes. I want to see the whites of the player's eyes. Straight out of uh, Game of Thrones there. Yeah. No, I, I would not mess with RJ at all. I hope he didn't hear that impression of him because if he sees me at the Abbotsford Center, he'll be like, yeah, I know who you are. I see the whites of your eyes now. He's like, I'm not going to see him for long. <laughs> You're going to be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> wow. When did RJ become Italian? Um... <laughs> So I looked up the top goalies in in the AHL last year. I don't know if this is because a lot of the third best guys were on taxi squads, but yeah, like Zane McIntyre was third in the league in save percentage. So I'm pretty sure Mike's going to be just fine. Um, But regardless, what I was saying is, yes, I do think Archer Seelovs is going to get some games in. And I think that's in the best interest of everybody from top to bottom of the Canucks organization, because you want this to turn into an asset. You want your prospects to hit no matter what position they're playing in. And when it's a goaltender, no matter what position, you want to put them in a position to succeed and develop properly. And for Seelovs, playing one game in Manitoba last year just isn't good enough. That's true. I mean, I, I was curious because I I think that there's more veteran, a more of a veteran player with Martin, obviously. Yeah. You want to get Seelovs in, but he didn't get any games last year. You got the one game, right? Yeah. To be so clear, I, Martin's a better goaltender. Like they have a better chance of winning with Spencer Martin in net than they do Seelovs. Seelovs is just a prospect still. And all this time that he's gonna get with Sanford's gonna be huge. Absolutely. And you know, Ian Clark, I'll be keeping an eye out, see if Clark's gonna be out of any of these practices. But you know who has been out of the Abbots for practice? As we transition out of here, one of the nicest I've been in the goalie talk for all the haters out there. People, you asked to do goalie talk. I said no goalie talk this week, me, and you said let's do goalie talk. You were saying people in your DMs telling you I'm being too mean. Well, girlfriend told me I was being too mean as well, so I've, I've dialed it back a little bit. But I also, I got some DMs too. Said I ain't gonna read them out of there because you're gonna not. I know you, you're not gonna like them. But oh, uh, people have been DMing me. Probably Reddit people. No, no DMs on Reddit. No, no, I'm saying they were from Reddit. People from Reddit don't like me. I, mean, I don't like you either. All I heard was the post integration talk. You were so proud of it. I got a lot of DMs. I got a lot of DMs about it. Maybe I got to explain it better. They didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, maybe I'm going on the radio. to on Saturday. I actually I know. Have, like, when Woodley joins notes. us for the radio show, I am going to ask Woodley: Would two sumo wrestlers be just as good in that? That's going to be my only question. Yes, during that's the goalie amazing. Talk. That's awesome. All right, we'll wrap it up there, but. A little bit more on the Abbotsford Canucks. As I mentioned, they get going on the weekend. Hey, if you want to watch these games, free opening weekend on AHL TV. We don't, we're not sponsored by them or anything, but I, you know, I want people to enjoy the Abbotsford Canucks, and especially this first weekend you're going to have. You got a game on Saturday. You got a game on Sunday. I think it's watchtheahl.com. All you got to do is sign up with your email. You don't got to pay for anything. Just sign up with your email, and you get this weekend for free, which is a lot of fun. So if you want to watch them, uh, especially on Sunday when the Canucks won't be playing, 5 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, for people that want to watch or you know what the way that the time works out you can watch the Canucks the Vancouver Canucks at four you can watch the Abbotsford Canucks at seven on Saturday so if you want to make a night out of it maybe get some parallel beers maybe a couple muddlers get after it salty Scott they got that beer back you'll probably hear about that in an ad here or the uh, Tukes of Hazard either one like I said you only need one of those to get the night started Uh, but yeah free uh, AHL TV this weekend so you guys can get into that we're gonna wrap it up there it's game time right now. We're going to go watch the Canucks play against the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm going to write a post game and then we're going to join back onto the show here. I'm going to edit the post game. 
Well, that takes it. my well, writing. I'm just saying six minutes. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, make it clear that I'm still doing work here too. Yeah, you're gonna be going home and eating what's gabagool and <laughs> <laughs> what's what else are you putting together for the show here? The post integration, post irrigation, post irrigation, post imagination. Audi V. Oh, that was so funny when you tweeted that about Mike. Yo, it was funny I about was that tweet. Killing myself Some people like I think that they thought it was actually like goalie talk because they're just like we don't. Like, I got some replies like oh what like this advanced goalie talk is getting ridiculous <laughs> and it's like okay it's a joke. <laughs> like, it's, oh man, making a joke. Yeah. I think I said it on the podcast like the <laughs> week before when Jonathan Quick started doing the uh, reverse VH the the Audi Audi brand approached more like hey we want to sponsor this we're gonna call this the Audi. Reverse VH. Forget VH. This is now the Audi V8 uh, <laughs> segment. But uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, like I said, we got a game to go to here. I have a lot of work to do. Quad's going to lay around for the next <laughs> hour and a half. Uh, and then we'll wrap up here with the second half of the episode. And you know what? Let's make a prediction for the game while we're here. One yeah. one bold prediction. You go first. Oh, why did you make me go first if you just throw that well, out? Well, I'll me? go first because I was literally giving you an obvious one. Vasily Pod Colson. Two points tonight. Wow. Two points. Not only his wow. first NHL point, two points for Vasily Pod Colson. Wow. When he plays with the with uh Miller and Patterson. I'm gonna call the score too. You gotta do this as well. Six for the Canucks. Three for the Flyers. Okay. Six three final. Ready for me? Elias Patterson hat trick. Whoa. Yep. That's hot. I'm, I'm coming in very hot. You should Elias- get on uh maybe on Bodog for that and get a bet in there. Points bets. Points bet. Yeah, Bodog sucks. They also, did. well, uh, let me dump yeah. on Bodog a little bit. Actually, you know <laughs> the problem with Bodog is even when you're betting on there, you can't pull out money till you have two thousand dollars. I know that's the that's minimum ridiculous. you can make a withdraw. Yeah. Points bets way better. Yeah, well, points and people bet. should get on the Nation uh, people draft. Gotta use, yeah, go nationdraft.com. Free money. You don't even need to have an account or anything. Yeah. You just make a. You literally just draft a team. Yeah, you put in your email and draft a team. Favor and I have some good teams, but there's like. There's over like 900 teams now. There's 900. There's like 900 oh, teams damn. or something crazy like that. I and the number sneaking still in growing. there is going to be like nine or tw- nine or ten. No, and I'm <laughs> and sure there's some duplicate teams, right? Like oh, there has to be at least people a few with those people. multiple emails. Well, we got a Canucks combo email. Maybe we should get a third no, no. Team I in meant there. like like I will have the identical team to somebody else. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. So, so what's we'll that see. work out then? Rock paper scissors tournament. Yeah, rock paper scissors. No, I've we'll told see. you about the land lover rock paper scissors tournament before. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah. I hope that comes back now. The pandemic's starting to, well, not really. I've seen the, you know, like I haven't noticed pandemic numbers. And yeah. the other day I saw them. I said, the numbers aren't going down a lot still. No. What the hell, people? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough out there. Ugh. Um. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. So your prediction was a hat trick from Patterson. Hat trick, 7 2 win for the Canucks. Damn, so we're both thinking they're going to blow out the Flyers here yeah. tonight, eh? Yeah. The Flyers without Zach McEwen in the line. You sound like as well. such homers. Well, that's what we do. We got a show in sports House radio, now. baby. We got to we got to talk. You know, Canucks the new directive from Rogers. Eight two. We're gonna nice play. to the Canucks. Speaking of, you see the the Coyotes game last night. Oh yeah, first oh. line, Jay Beagle. Yeah, and they lose eight to two. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, especially when your first line's Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel. Yeah. Well, the problem was Louis wasn't on the first line, and he mm-hmm. wasn't playing with those two guys. Who, by the way, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel. I believe they bought houses next to each other in Arizona because wow. their kids are all friends. Well, yeah, that's a good spot to retire. So they'll yeah. play a couple of years in Arizona or play this year out and probably just retire. Contract year, year, man. First line players. That's they, true. They paid actually, a premium man. on free agency. Good opportunity for them. Maybe Jim will give them a call. I tell you, man, I feel for everyone on that team except for uh, Chitrin. He's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a star. All right. We'll wrap things up there. A little bit of a little bit of uh, Arizona Coyotes talk. <laughs> Who would have saw that coming? Uh, we'll wrap things up. Like I said, we're going to show up uh, in about three minutes here with the post game uh, wrap up for you guys. So we'll see you on the other side. Uh, and I guess I was going to say enjoy the game, but I'll say that to you, Quads. You and I, let's, en- let's enjoy the game. We'll meet up on the other side. But first, let's do a quick ad break and we'll see you guys for the post game. Muddlers. Muddlers Pink Lemonade. We are so excited to tell you guys about Muddler's Pink Lemonade, my drink of choice. You guys have all seen it by now. Faber and I went out drinking. That was my uh, drink of choice first night. I think that the catchphrase for this ad has to be, it's the only alcohol that Quads likes. Absolutely. It's so good. It's absolutely the best pink lemonade on the market by far. A lot of these other drinks are just a little too sweet for me. Like I I don't really like that. And this is like a nice mix because I also don't like when it tastes too much like alcohol. But this is like... The, the perfect balance. There's a reason that it was the drink I got when we went to the Parallel Street Kitchen as well. 
It, absolutely, man. It is the sweet spot for quads in the alcoholic beverage realm. You can find it, like you said, at Parallel 49 Street Kitchen and in a ton of liquor stores. All the BC liquor stores have it. It's the bright pink cans, Muddler's Pink Lemonade. Go out and try it today. Alert, alert. Parallel 49 is bringing back one of its favorite beers of the winter. The Salty Scott is back, folks. The Scotch Ale we all know and love is now available across British Columbia in their government and private liquor stores. Enjoy a strong caramel flavor, a salty bite, and a generous 7.5% alcohol. It only takes one of these tall boys to get the night going. So go out and try a Parallel 49 Salty Scott today. And a big thank you to our sponsors. That's right, we are back. Sounding a little bit different. As we wrap up the post game here, we are now remote quads. It's a uh, we've mixed it up a little bit. No longer in the same studio. I was saying before we started recording here, this feels weird because we haven't done this like I don't know how long it's been since we've done a remote episode, but it's it's been a while. We've been in the studio together, and it's been so easy, dude. This is the first time since I moved out, which was in June. This is my first time recording in my new apartment. Like, and it's not even. An, I don't even call it a new apartment anymore. It's just where <laughs> I live now. Yeah, well, that is true. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot to get into here with the with the game. Let's just get right into it. 5-4 for the Vancouver Canucks. I found some pretty interesting quotes uh, coming out of Travis Green, coming out of JT Miller. The Canucks seemed to really like what they did in that third period. I personally didn't. I thought they were playing pretty passive. JT Miller talked about it being a really good period for them because they took it to the Flyers. But I just, the you could, for me, the feeling was there that they were going to be able to come back and tie that game up. I just thought the Canucks were too passive in that third period. They end up obviously getting the win in the shootout, get the two points, which is great. Don't get me wrong, that's great. But that type of passiveness isn't something that I want to see throughout the season because that's going to cost them points down the road. And it didn't tonight. They were lucky tonight. But I didn't like what they saw in the third period, despite Travis Green and JT Miller backing what they did in the third there. I think late in the third, they were passive. I think they played a good period all around, but like I think late in the third, I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but yeah, late in the third, they were passive. Giving up those two goals, you can't all be on the same side of the net. That's just not going to work out for you. So I like, is that what you mean? Because I don't think like for the whole period, they were, they were on them. It seemed like. I don't know. I just felt like you could feel the goals coming. Like, I don't, I know that they had more possession numbers. They had the shots on net. They were firing things at Carter Hart, but it felt like everything was just from a tight angle, right? I mean, Hart was you've bad just, tonight. You've just watched too much Canucks hockey. That's why you think <laughs> the goal is coming. That's why you thought they were going to blow the lead is because you've watched this team for too many years. That might be it. I might be in the wrong here a little bit. I just felt like I could feel it coming. But like, let's get to the positives of the game, actually, instead, because there definitely were some of those. A big night, obviously, from JT Miller in this one. He's up to now four points on the season after a three-point night tonight. Impressive to see him play that well, uh, especially after a bounce back from game one. I thought he fumbled the puck quite a bit in the op- game, in the season opener, but game two was, was a good show for him. Two first assists and a goal as he tapped into one that was on the uh, goal line for Elias Pettersson. Uh, what did you think of Miller's game tonight? 24 minutes total. Well, I think he'd agree with you. He was saying post-game that he bumbled the puck way too much in that first game against Edmonton. And I thought, yeah, like when he's going and when he's dialed in, and I know it's been a while since we've seen that because of the pandemic year last year and how deflated the whole team and especially Miller looked last year. When he's going, there might not be anybody better on the Canucks. And that's a bold take because we see what Elias Pettersson does on a night in and night out basis. And man, I texted you um, and said, I want to start a takeaway segment on the radio show. That's going to be airing on Saturday sports at six fifty. Go check it out. A takeaway segment because I got a takeaway and I'll expand on it on the real show. But my takeaway was this bridge deal for Elias Pettersson is going to age like cheese. Like it is, he is going to get paid so much in a few years. And it's, yeah, I'll get into it, uh, on Saturday for sure. But, yeah. uh, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think watching Pettersson tonight, like I, I think I even put it in the post game report, just the little things that he does. And tonight was a great night for him because he was shooting the puck a ton, right? He had six shots on net, played almost 24 minutes himself. But the little things, like the the ability for him to transfer pucks from the defensive zone to the offensive zone, to get pucks 
get to gain possession in his own zone in the neutral zone and extend possessions like these are the things that we kind of took for granted last year when we weren't you know getting to see Pedersen play I think that having him back now in the lineup has made such a big difference this just having him at the top of the lineup makes his team so much better so much more dangerous and so much more better at controlling possessions so I I completely agree with you I think uh it, it is going to end up being another another massive contract coming for Pedersen down the road here after this bridge. But was, was there anything else that kind of stuck out for you in this game that you want to get into right off the top here? Obviously uh, I want to talk about the pod Colson. We'll get to that in just a second about pod Colson's first goal, but anything else before we get to that quads? I think it was just Nils Hoaglander's kind of intensity, right? Like this looks like it's going to be a real coming out party for Nils Hoaglander. He was dynamite again tonight again just able to play on any line able to jumpstart any line that the Canucks have and I think we saw that on full display tonight and man like for a guy who last year wasn't getting a ton of attention right like the point totals are okay but a lot of what made Nils Hoaglander so intriguing was his underlying profile and I think now we're starting to see that kind of the results are going to start to follow I think a little bit more this year and I think man like he's a very important part of this team and he's really showing that through the first couple games here. Oh, massively. And we didn't uh, didn't see Pod Coles in the last very long, as we kind of touched on it in the first half of this episode, uh, on the first line. He didn't even make it out of the first period uh, without being taken off that line. He got a few shifts in the second period, completely benched in the third period. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know Travis Green was saying uh, in his post game that you know he was going to maybe give him a call at some point in the third period to go out there and get a shift, but... Also, he was saying he remembers being in that position, and sometimes it might even just be better to sit on the bench for the whole period instead of resting for 10 minutes and then being asked to go out there for a shift. Did you have any takeaways from Vasily Podkolzin and Justin Dowling as well, uh, not getting any shifts in the third period? I think Podkolzin's on cloud nine, to be quite honest with you. Did you see that <laughs> photo of him smiling after the game? I don't think yeah. he's worried too much about that. And just, again, kind of the way Travis was talking about it, I'm pretty sure that there was kind of a mutual understanding there of uh, why he didn't go back out. And honestly, like, yeah, does Podkolzin want to play? Absolutely. But I think he'll take what happened tonight over that. Yeah, I think so as well. So let's get to it. Pod Colson ends up scoring the first goal for the Vancouver Canucks in this one. The first of his career comes in on the right side, puck on his stick, and just roofs it. It was funny hearing Elias Pettersson be asked about it in the intermission by Dan Murphy because though it wasn't the exact same kind of uh, way that Elias Pettersson's first NHL goal came about, it was a very similar shot from a very similar spot on a two-on-one, and I thought that was kind of funny just to see him score and have Pedersen be asked about it as more of a veteran now uh, with Vasily Podkolzin scoring his first goal. What did you think of the shot? That was, to me, that was what we saw throughout training camp that made us all really get excited for what Podkolzin could do offensively. Well, man, the kid just absolutely ripped twine, right? And like, like JT Miller said it, he said like, you know, he has a good shot, but we've only seen it in practice. And he's right, like, Pod Colson hasn't taken a lot of shots in the preseason, in these two games, like he hasn't been in a position to shoot the puck much. And I think with Pod Colson, I think the thing that we've both kind of noticed, and I think a lot of fans have noticed this as well, is just... He needs to get comfortable, and once he does get comfortable, he's going to look like a different player. Like, that's why I kind of think, like, yeah, right now he's on the fourth line, and he's not quite ready for that Pedersen-Miller line. I think that was kind of evident tonight. But I think by, like, November, December, I think we're looking at a legitimate top nine winger that's actually helping the Canucks, like, is an integral part of their offense. I think that's what we're looking at with Facility Pod Colson. And I think just to get that opportunity, like we talked about in the first half, but the opportunities show that those are definitely going to come down the road. And I'll be honest, like we can touch on Pod Colson's play now. The goal was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. That was absolutely beautiful. Pod Colson wasn't skating enough tonight on the Pedersen and Miller line. Like when you saw Niels Huglander be inserted into that group, it, it was a way different looking line. And Vasily Pod Colson looked like he wasn't really fully skating like at 100%. Like Travis Green's going to demand of him to keep him in a top nine position. Because I, I don't think he's going to be end up, end up getting any healthy scratches throughout the season. But Pod Colson's going to need to really skate and give a lot more effort if he wants to stick in a top six line. I personally didn't see it when he was skating alongside Miller and Pedersen. And, and you know, I, I'm obviously one of Pod Colson's biggest supporters. It just didn't look like he was 
like he was making good passes. He was moving the puck well. I thought he was not fumbling the puck a lot, but it just felt like his skating, maybe it was because of watching Huglander step in there and give so much effort. I just felt like the effort wasn't there again for Pod Colson. It seems to be that's the knock when Pod Colson's not having a good game. It seems to come from him just not skating enough, and that's something that Travis Green's really aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he's a player that, again, he has to be engaged. He has to be moving his feet. And it's interesting because a few weeks back you said, I hate to say it, but I think the thing that needs to happen to Vasily Podkolzin is he needs to get, like, knocked on his ass. And I think, like, that there hasn't been a big moment where you're like, whoa. But we've seen a little bit of bite to him because it looks like he he's not playing timid. I don't want to go out and say that. But... You know, after whistles, like, there are some guys that are starting to kind of mess with him a little bit, and he's going back at them more increasingly, but it almost seemed like he was kind of afraid to do that b- before, you know what I mean? Well, you and... know what, Quads, to that to that point, I, I would say the opposite. I think he is playing timid. I think he is, you know, sort of buddy-buddy with guys after the whistle, because I, I wonder if he is a little bit intimidated being in the NHL. I There was a play in the first period where somebody was pushing him after the whistle, and he just kind of got up and patted them on the back as they skated to their benches. Like, you know, when Pod Colson's fully engaged, he's dropping the gloves if he needs to. He's throwing big hits. I just, I haven't really seen that yet. And I, I do think he is playing pretty timid still at these times. Like, I'd like to see a lot more of him because this, the Pod Colson that, that ripped up the playoffs, that's not what we're seeing right now in the NHL. And I was hoping that that was going to happen in an instance, probably too, too, uh, I guess, too much hope on my end to think that that was going to happen in an, like just in a snap of the fingers when he came into the NHL. I guess that's the type of thing where like I'm not worried about his skills translating to the NHL or his skating ability or his puck handling, his passing, his physicality even if it's there. But to me, I think the thing that I'm worried about the most about translating now is just the intensity that you need to see to get the best out of Vasily Podkolzin because that's when he's at his best. When he's when he's playing for Russia's World Junior Team and he's down two goals against Canada. When he's in the playoffs for Ska and they need a goal to to extend it and go to overtime. Like that's when you get the best of Vasily Podkolzin. I'm just wondering how you can get that out of him every shift instead of just being in these massive moments. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be the recipe for success is finding how to get that from Podkolzin and like. I think in a few months, the answer to that is going to be putting him on a first line. I think Travis wanted to see if that was the answer now. And I think he found out tonight that it's not quite the answer just yet. Like, look, like we said on the first half of this show, you want to put guys in a position to succeed. I don't think Pod Colson's ready for that, ready for to play with Miller and Pedersen. But I do think those are two guys who can help him a lot to come along, right? And I think once Pod Colson starts to get a little more comfortable um, playing in that fourth line role, then you can start to see him make that jump. And I think he'll be effective in that role. Yeah. And I think that's the good part about his game is he doesn't need to be just in a top six, right? Like he can be effective in the other parts of the ice and maybe having him lower down in the lineup is something that maybe sparks it a little bit for him just to be more aggressive. Cause like I said, like when Pod Colson plays aggressive, he's absolutely at his best. And so far this season, I know it's really early. It's been two games. I just haven't seen the aggressiveness that I like, like, you know, I, I hate to say it again, but like he needs to get punched in the mouth in a scrum, right? Like to really get fired up. Like the guys are kind of pushing him a little bit here. He need he plays the thing about Pod Colson, like he plays such a clean game, I think, for a lot of it. He's one of the he's the perfect example to be a captain for Russia down the road. He's already been that for the world juniors. He's the type of guy that, you know, when a scrum looks like you're gonna get a power play out of it, he's pulling his guys out of there. He's not throwing punches after the whistle, but he's the same type of guy where if you do cross the line, he's gonna try and even it out with something else too. Like if you do something wrong, that's when he's gonna initiate to be more aggressive. It's 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 kind of like in baseball quads. You know when like when a guy gets hit by a pitch, normally it doesn't just happen. You don't just throw at a guy. It's because the guy slid with his cleats up and he hit your second baseman with the studs of the cleats. That's when you throw at a guy. You need them to do something stupid first, and then you can do something stupid after. To me, I think that's what we need to see from Vasily Podkoles. And somebody's got to you know, do something stupid first to him or one of his line mates. That's when I think we'll see him step up and be that aggressive type that we need. Yeah, honestly, can't disagree with you there. I hate to say it, like I'm, I'm calling for him to get punched in the mouth. I hate to say that, but like that, wait <laughs> yeah, till that happens. Thought. Just wait for the spark after that when it does end up happening here, because it's going to happen uh, in the early parts of the season. I wonder if that's the thing that sparks him eventually. The goal, though, and the celebration. Like, how man, I was getting tagged on a lot of tweets, obviously, from watching Pod Coles <laughs> and so many mornings, but 
honestly the best part of that whole thing was just like him screaming i was thinking like imagine if that was yeah. one of those games where there was nobody in the stands remember like what we had to deal <laughs> yeah, with yeah, imagine yeah. how loud that would have gone through the arena you guys think the jt miller f-bombs were huge vasily pod colson was like screaming at the top of his lungs on that that was that was really fun to see yeah, it was absolutely like he was he was literally just screaming yeah like super <laughs> loudly and you just loved it. Like you look you saw the look on everybody's faces, right? Like Tyler Myers was like patting him on the head. It was it was fantastic. It was it was a great moment. Yeah, it definitely was a great moment and hopefully it sparks some more or even just gives him a little bit more confidence to shoot because man, like that was a really nice shot. That was a well-placed, hard shot that Carter Hart had no chance on. I mean, not a lot of goaltenders in the NHL stopped that shot. No, absolutely. And here's the thing is, in uh, every time an opposing goaltender lets in a goal, it seems like now, I'm getting tagged okay. asking how his post-integration was. Everybody's, yeah. everybody, like, it's funny because Mike Smith let in a goal. Like, it's like Mike Smith and Carter Hart knew we were debuting a radio show on Saturday because Mike Smith lets in a goal where his post-integration was the reason he let it in, and then Carter Hart does the same thing twice tonight. So people were coming out in full force talking about uh, how they want breakdowns of what went wrong. I've got the video video ready. I, I've been watching, breaking it all down. I'm ready to go for Saturday, man. Okay, well, don't spend any more time talking about post-integration because I want to ask about a different goaltending situation. I thought Thatcher Demko kept the Canucks in this game in that first period. They were severely Absolutely. outplayed in the first period. They were getting dominated in the shot charts. 8 nothing at one point when Philadelphia made it one nothing. And not only then, but I think there was a couple ones early in the second period where it was just Thatcher Demko was willing this team back into it. And I, I thought about this as the whole game went on. What a massive difference that makes to your team when you have a guy like Carter Hart who lets in a couple of softies or a couple of weak goals compared to what the Canucks had from Thatcher Demko on Friday night, because he kept them into that game and ultimately makes two big saves in the shootout, some big saves late. I mean, obviously, the, pretty much all the goals that he let in, very tough situations. I mean, very easy tap-ins, weird bounces. I know that Hart had a couple of those as well, but Thatcher didn't let in a bad goal today. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on him kind of keeping the Canucks in this one. And ultimately, like, he was... You know, in a game where you let up four goals, you don't get this often, but I think Demko is one of the three stars in the game tonight. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Thatcher Demko held the minute tonight, and uh, I don't think there's any debating that. Like, without Thatcher Demko, um, like, like Harmon tweeted this, but uh, I'm just going to pick it off. But basically what he said was, Elias Pedersen is this team's best player, but Thatcher Demko is their most important player. Mm. And I don't think you can really disagree with that. Like nope. Thatcher Demko held them in this game, and mm. tomorrow it's going to be Yaroslav Halak, um, a weaker team against like Detroit. But again, like we we say that, but it's not easy. No team thinks they're a weak team. Like Detroit went went seven. They lost seven to six to Tampa Bay. So I'm I'm just saying, like you you never know. Like we say it's a weak opponent, but you know, no team thinks they're weak. No, it's it's true, and I think that's the thing. It, it, it is going to be really interesting to see how that first game goes from Halak because I think Thatcher Demko has made points from games where maybe the Canucks shouldn't have gotten points over the first two games of the season, and now there's going to end up being a lot of pressure on Halak, and I, I'm curious, like, what are some of the things, just maybe a couple things you might want to look out for from Halak as, you, as I give you your final little bit of goalie talk here? What are some things that you want to see from him tomorrow? I want to see him win the game. I want to see him integrate to the post nicely. I want to see him, uh, I want to see his movement in the crease be solid, right? Like that's, that's what really matters here. Um, is just kind of, well, I guess stopping the puck is what matters most, but I really do think that, you know, we'll be able to see how Halak does, um, kind of based on like, you know, obviously there's going to be the results of like goals going in, but also I want to see, cause there seems to be a mutual understanding between he and Ian Clark that they're not going to, um, they're not going to change everything with Halak, you know, like he's 36, he's had a successful career, something he's doing is working. So they're not trying to rework a bunch of stuff like they were with Braden, um, Braden Holpe that is. And I, I just want to see kind of how much they need to change. And like, if there's anything that I see that I'm like, oh, well, if he was listening to Ian or, you know, Ian was like making a more 
conscious effort to like change that in Halak's game, he might have saved that one. That's what I'll be looking for. All right. Well, that's enough goalie talk. You got another three minutes I put out for uh, for the Saturday show. You can talk with Woodley about that. Uh, before we Fantastic. wrap up, want to get to the poll question. I thought I had a bad poll question the other week. Nobody is enjoying the bread pudding question, Quads. Uh, 42 right. votes after four hours. That's tough. That's 10 votes per hour you're getting. That's not a great, great number. Um, but our poll question brought to you by Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. Find them on Twitter at FuelTheFan. And uh, and then you kind of go from there. They got their links and everything. The Facebook page set up. Shops getting set up. Uh, I've heard that more items are being added there uh, as the weeks go by as well since the season's ramping up. So check them out at FuelTheFan for all of the memorabilia needs that you have. Our poll question, have you had bread pudding before? 52% of people saying yes. 33% of people saying no. And 15% of people, which I am in this group this time, are angry. I'm with the 15% on this one. You know, I'm angry too because, uh, first of all, shout out to Fuel the Fan, Blue Earth Sports Memorabilia. Go check them out. But Chris, I was while I, while I was talking about Halak, I had just received a message from Clarissa uh, that you put the score in the title as a 4-3 shootout win when it was 5-4. <laughs> Whoops. So I... First of all, that got past me because I was like, you know, I wasn't proofreading the score. I was like, oh, Chris won't mess up the score. But sure enough, sure enough. So, yes, I am I like angry to keep as you well. On your toes no, I haven't a little tried bit. bread pudding. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I have not tried bread pudding. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right, unfortunately. And by the way, uh, working uh, with Fuel the Fan right now, we're going to have a little giveaway uh, coming up over the next few weeks here. We're going to put together a little something fun for people uh, for, you know, for just supporting the show and uh, and helping out with the show and everything, it's been a great little great little uh, thing we got going on here with Feel the Fan. Excited to uh, to do a fun little giveaway over the next little week here. Also, Pastor More, you know you know Feel the Fan's going to be at Pastor More. They're going to be munching it up, and we got to get there soon too. Um, so I think we'll wrap things up there, Quads. I don't think there's much more to talk about. To I mean, people are going to be hearing this on Saturday. We. Uh, we're going to be live on the radio as well, which we're very excited for. We're going to see how that goes. We got three hours. We got two guests. That's a lot of time to fill quads. I wonder uh, I wonder what the text inbox is going to be like. I hope that uh, people come by. Uh, if you want to get in, we're going to be live on the air, Sportsnet 650. You can download the Sportsnet app. That's like the easiest way to do it. Uh, and then just on the bottom right, you click listen. Then 650 is on the top. Click it right there. You're in. You're listening. You're live. Uh, whether you're driving around, if you're in your car, it's just on the it's on the old radio dial. You pull out the AM station 650. Uh, we want all you guys to be you know coming by the text inbox. You know, text us. It's easy. Just the phone number 650 650 650 650. That's it. Text us at 650 650. Get in the text inbox. We want to have a lot of fun on Saturday when you guys are listening to this. We're going to be live from noon to three. Uh, I'm jacked up for it, Quads. You think we're going to struggle at all filling three hours? No, not a chance. With commercial stuff, radio is the easiest thing ever. <laughs> we'll see how tomorrow goes, uh, but uh, I'm glad you're confident. That's good. Uh, so we'll wrap things up for my co-host, David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.